What's up, everyone? You're here with another live edition on Facebook of Fire Talk here with the It's Lit Reviews team, the podcast where the opinions are all made up and the loudest get laughed at. I am Jake, joined by Matt, Cole, Aaron, and Adam. And this week, we are talking all about the recent things that we've been watching, much like we did last week. We've got a jam-packed episode of, uh, I won't say all surprising reveals, uh, but reveals, (laughs) finales, what have you, as well as a whole bunch of like entertainment news that we have to dig through because there was a lot of stuff that happened last week in terms of uh, pieces of information being released, trailers being released. Uh, and of course, we have the welcome back segment to this week's Things Nobody Asked For. Uh, don't know if you guys know what I'm going to be getting to yet, but you will, I'm sure, when I get there. So first thing first, <laughs> let's start off with what I know you've all been watching, and that's WandaVision, as we have so often these past few weeks, because it seems like we can't stop talking about it. For uh, reason. I, don't, I don't feel like anybody's <laughs> really interested in this show. So yeah, WandaVision. We'll just we'll over that? this week. Yeah. <laughs> what are our thoughts on the latest episode here? Uh, Girl. I mean, not all at once it's, it's basically doing the same thing that it's been doing to us like all right give us more like that's not enough like yeah thank like, you for, me up thank to an you IV, for giving us put this directly this, yes, in my veins little teeny <laughs> tiny oh that's i mean we knew something was off right we just didn't know yeah. what yes now yeah, we know I mean, what been... but we don't know to what extent we have no idea unless you're a comic book fan who the heck this person is i mean we've been on the record on this podcast for weeks now saying that there, there was something more going on here. Uh, except for some people on the podcast who are taking the L this week because they thought it was all Wanda. <laughs> the the world is still all Wanda. We are very clear on that. I don't think that's true. No, I, I think it that is still the, the case. the whole world isn't because Pietro is created by Agatha. So. She is, she is influ- Agatha is influencing. She is not creating the entire world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wanda yeah, just literally she has a, a big world within the world power in her basement. I mean, right. yeah, Wanda's influencing, not creating, too. She's just changing things. It's just right. Everything. So I feel like... That's a dumb argument, Matt. Come on. So you know, that's a dumb back... argument. <laughs> so let's circle back to our first conversation around this, though, where the question was, is Wanda doing this of her own volition? So I'm not saying that she... Like, I'm kind of picturing this town as, like, a magic-induced coma, and she just keeps trying to control it because she knows... Like, she, she thinks she's in control, but she also doesn't understand it. So she's just kind mm. of rolling with it. So I don't know. Well, I think, yes, she is like, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor and I just don't have one. Um, I want to object to the initial statement because I would never under my own power use the word volition as part of the questions that I asked the group. So <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks so much for happened. making just my because, Just because you don't understand big words, Jake. You. Just because you don't understand Jake. big words doesn't mean the rest of us can't use them. Jake, no words good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. So I feel like maybe um, I'm wondering if maybe Agatha drew up the blueprints and kind of plopped her in here, and now she's building the world with it. I was trying to think of an architecture thing. Um, the only, so I think that like Agatha's idea, but and she Wanda's needs the Wanda to create that. Wanda's mm-hmm. the power well, generator, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean it's strongly implied that Wanda doesn't know who who this is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like they've never actually met before, so. Agatha has somehow been manipulating her from from afar this whole time, not not like directly influencing her. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, and I'm really intrigued. I know like we we kind of knew something was up with Agatha because of how she's been breaking the fourth wall. And I did not think that she was a good guy. 
I had a couple different theories. Of, like I, I think I said before, one of the previous podcasts, like perhaps she was one of the residents who'd been there the longest, which is why she seemed to have a better grasp of what was mm-hmm. happening. Um, but now knowing what we know, I, I thought she might be a villain. I didn't realize she was going to be this level of villain. Like I <laughs> thought that was going to be a much slower burn, longer reveal, not like, or like you find out that she's a villain that got trapped in there trying to do something. Like that's more the direction I thought that that character was going to go. Not that she was the one behind not everything. The, yeah. but that not she the one is. that she's been literally messing everything up. I and think there's a decent chance she's still a slight red herring also. Oh, I think there's I definitely more going on here. I don't, I don't think she's think the only wrong. bad guy. Yeah. Well, also, if you look at, if you look at, like, if you go back and like think of all the time she's popped in, every mm. time Vision's trying to figure something out beyond... <laughs> the reality or the fake realities and she always just pops over and he even called it out last week he's like i got a feeling that she's gonna mm-hmm. be over and then all of a sudden she just pops right in and um, yeah i mean it's the same thing this episode when monica yeah. shows up and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. oh there's agnes is coming and swoop wanda oh, away like yeah i just the- i didn't see i didn't see it i didn't see her being in such control like like i said i think she was i always figured she was gonna be a negative force i just didn't think that she was gonna be such a powerhouse of negativity yeah there's two big call-outs that i have from this episode one is clearly agatha's power level is not to be laughed at because Mm -hmm. uh even in like the modern family scene where she was like cutting to like it was her all along like wanda clearly couldn't tell that was agnes sitting like as Uh, the interviewer also uh side note when you hear the the interviewer or whatever ask wanda a question yeah uh, Mm -hmm. people on the internet have figured out that that is Catherine hahn's voice just like modulated to sound masculine that's mm, yeah, oh. of course the internet figured that i'll out buy already. it i'll buy the it the internet's undefeated i believe uh, it so her power level is seriously up there to be able to disguise her from wanda like in plain sight kind of thing like that well the, and to dive into some uh comic stuff uh the room at the end there apparently that is like direct from the comics like a basically a multiverse crossroads yeah i uh, saw the i saw that online too interesting oh, so and I read a little bit Marvel. about the book that's on the table, but I don't know. I am the person who did not read these comics. So I'm, I'm the dummy in the room, but I was reading about like, oh, this, and I guess it's been a couple other, oh my God, Jake, am I going to steal your thunder? I can't remember the exact combination of words. Marvel's Interconnected Marvel Universe. I was just saying, you were saying her basement is something that connects the universe of Marvel. Yeah. Not well, even yeah. just connects the universe, connects the multiverse. Jane. The multiverse. We're getting, we're getting bigger here. second time deeper. I wanted to steal that from you, but Blowing I couldn't think of, of it water. earlier. I've been trying to think of it since the opening of the podcast, so I can try and sneak that in there before you. Um, but I think, so the, the, the dark whatever, the book. So I was reading about that, and I guess it's been in a couple of the other crossover TV shows. They've shown oh. that book before, according to the random article I found on the internet. So that, you know, I know we're saying the internet's infallible, but maybe the person <laughs> who wrote that is. <laughs> but apparently it was in two of the Marvel, Marvel shows that have already been out. It's been uh, featured or talked about. So well, I'm, same- I, I'm sure one of you is Googling. Yeah, the second thing that I had that was also from an article that I hadn't realized up to this point. And so it was really interesting. The... The whole sword concept. So the acting director for sword right now, I don't remember his name. He's been a total douche nozzle ever since like episode two. Mm-hmm. We all know who I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he's apparently act- yes. He's apparently acting director of shield, but at the end of Spider-Man far from home, we saw that the post credit scene had Nick Fury up in a spaceship as you know, still alive, clearly being the acting director of what would have been sword at that point. Cause they'd be connected. We know sword has been doing space travel, all this other great stuff. 
So what the hell is going on with Nick Fury here in terms of him not being able to control his ground game? Because either no. there's, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time Marvel's had like se- separate units inside of like the organization. I mean, they had Hydra infiltrate the entire organization yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so it, I wonder if it's less so severe than that in this case that this, or what? This guy is acting director of S.W.O.R.D. now. Yes. Yeah, he's been clearly established. Like it's not even... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes what which then leads to the question that maybe Nick Fury's position wasn't that, and maybe he's just something special or something. I don't know. Maybe we don't know his official. Nick Fury's doing Nick Fury. Yeah, he's just technically he's still dead. For, for I was gonna say purposes. he turned to dust, right? <laughs> That's true. No. He was one of the people that turned to dust, so yeah. he's probably yeah. he's only been undusted as Nick long Fury as Monica has snapped. been undusted. Oh, you're right. Good question. Good point. Good point, Aaron. Good I remember point. things sometimes. So people have been uh, doing things without Nick Fury for the past several years. And- yeah, yeah, hence why Captain Dickbag is in charge, because you know that the very first response to something like that would have been, ah, let's militarize it. So, but the other point to that, and so it gets back to it. So that makes more sense, though, why he's in charge. Nick Fury is aware of this. This is in the post credit scene. You can see the hex shape as a part of the background there. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a stretch. I'll give it in the article that it was a little bit of a stretch saying that, like, this is the hex that Wanda is in right now. But I mean, Marvel's too good at planting these types of seeds for me to think that it's not connected, to be honest, and that they just mm. had this random hexagon that was supposed to be important in the background prominently of the When sword. Nick Fury's in space? Yes. In his okay, sword consoles. Yeah. Uh, just the end speaking, credits. Yes. Speaking of guys. post-credit scenes, uh, this episode had a post-credit scene. Don't know if everyone realizes that. I did. Well, you know, it no, because when you have... 20 minutes of credits i generally well it's, watch it's after the, it's after the first short credits so yeah it's, only it's like, like 30 seconds of credits the pretty credits not the black and white credits and to be honest as in marvel standards it was pretty lame for a post-credit scene in my opinion was it right up there yeah. i expected the a duck? bigger i mean it, it's it's no. essentially no. just confirming that pietro is still around yes like, yeah that's all it did it was a little bit more meaningful than howard the duck it was less meaningful than like thanos's ship showing up at the end of ragnarok like was... I'll be intrigued to see how um, in control of himself he is. Like if he's just um, a minion operating only at Agatha's bidding or if he is an accomplice. I mean, I, I think he's, he's definitely he's definitely not actually Pietro. I no, think, he's not. I no, but I'm wondering if he's point. going to be a different bad guy. Yeah, that I don't know. Because he does or have if he, super speed. Or is he speed. just someone that she brought in? Hold on. What, gonna, if he's, gonna... what if he's Agatha's husband? The one she's Whoa. been talking about, but we never see. That's and if possible. he's that character that can be anything within the, she's married to the, I forget what you said it was, Jake, but if it's um, the, yeah. If, what if he can change possible. into anything he wants to change into? Well, Trippy. And, and so we, we've got our, our villain for the series revealed now, uh, but we, what we don't know is what her motivation is. Right. Like, well, why is she one of the villains? This? What is she interested in? What's the purpose here? I don't know. Did, well, hold Good on, real questions. Quick. Good questions. I have you, speculation. If nobody else, speculation. <laughs> Can I bring up one quick point before we sure. go off on that speculation? So, did any of you guys do any research on the commercial they showed? No. This week, Does anyone know uh, the Nexus? Nexus? Oh, it's something. Uh, I do remember. I was, I I was really hearing it, about this. It's a cross-dimensional gateway which provides say, pathways to any and all possible realities. It's again it's a multi-realities between realities. So it, it confirms the multiverse, but the question is, is the thing in the basement the Nexus? That. Uh, mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, and I'm glad you brought up commercials, Cole, because this ties into my uh, my hypothesizing I'm about to get into. Go for it. Uh, last week, the commercial with the shark and the uh, the kid with the little thing on the desert island. Yeah. Um, the shark was talking about how I'm coming to eat yo magic. I think Agatha is here uh, feeding off of Wanda's magic. Whoa. And I'm the actually, kid I'm on board with that. I mean, it makes sense. Slowly. Yeah on the island yep so she she needed to set up some scenario where wanda was continuously using large amounts of power so that she could like siphon it off siphon off, and she could siphon off small and small pieces of it at a time so that wanda never even yep. began to notice which would then also lend credit to why wanda's losing more and more control over the reality not only is she pressing herself yeah. further but she's also losing some of her power it's huh. shown in this latest episode where things just keep blipping yeah I'm also really curious. Awesome. I loved every every time something <laughs> changed, I loved it. Oh yeah. I'm also really curious as to like what this military dude or uh, Captain Dickbag. I can't remember his actual character name. That's yeah. how I refer to him. Captain Dickbag. I'm really curious as to what he exactly hopes to achieve. Did he see vision falling apart when he walked through the barrier? Yes. Like he's yeah. been tracked. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's been tracking him and his whole thing is to like, they were trying to reanimate vision and they couldn't yep. reanimate vision, but Wanda was able to. So he's seen that he cannot leave this bubble, but he's still trying to extract him from the bubble. I'm like, if you don't think if Wanda can't keep him together, do you really think that you'll be able to like, are they going to actually be able to recapture? I guess I don't really understand why he's still trying Well, I mean, at this point. Like, I mean, what's he going to get out of it stone. if Vision can't exist outside of the hex? There is a significant difference between what he wants and what Wanda wants. Like, Wanda wants her husband back. This he wants guy, the this power dude, source. Yeah, this dude doesn't care if Vision is a functioning, like, no. sentient being any longer. He, wants he just wants stone. him to be, to, to use him to kill people, essentially. Yeah, he wants a sentient weapon, is what he wants. Right. He but doesn't he even care if it's sentient as long as it has the power. Chunks when he leaves the hex, like, he would literally disintegrate. He was disintegrating in front of us so realistically how are they ever going to stabilize that without Wanda good question like what's I I guess I I just don't understand the reason as to like why he's like yeah let's keep pursuing this I just want everything not work (laughs) from his his perspective like why would you want this thing to be in someone else's hands like you might not ever be able to get it to work but you don't want somebody else to get it to work so Uh, So I guess that's true you can't have my toy I don't want to play with it but you can't have it (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's essentially what it comes down to. Like, basically, I'm going to take your ball and go home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm jumping all over the place on topics within Wanda. I apologize. We I never do that thinking, on Fire Talk. I know, never. Um, but you guys Andrew, brought up Mephisto too. Did so in the article that I read that was explaining who Agatha was and sort of her comic backstory. Apparently that's where the twins come from is they are born of like pieces broken off Mephisto or something like that. And so that could be our solution as to where the kids came from. Um, and then like bigger went to their own individual superheroes anyway, I guess in the storyline in the comics. So it'll be intriguing to see if they, I just know that's a question we've been asking weekly on the podcast is like where the hell these kids come from and how do they sustain if the hex breaks down. Perhaps more pressing. Where are the kids now? Well, that's where the are other, the kids now? <laughs> that's the theory that I actually have that counter that goes counter to yours, Matt. I don't think she actually is here to siphon off the magic. I think she was here because she needed the magic of Wanda to create the kids. To, to the kids. Aaron's point, could be. and now she just wants the kids back. Like she just wants to take them, hmm. and she has to figure out a good way to be able to 
leave without Wanda murdering her. <laughs> mm. Because as you can tell by my background, if she ever knows that she wants to take her kids, that's the look she's going to get. Mm-hmm. And it ain't going to be good for Agnes. Okay. Head tilt. I just found something weird um, that's kind of off topic, but I'm going to bring it up because I want to. Do it. Yeah. So, uh, so Agatha's son, is Nick. his name is Nicholas Scratch. Nicholas Scratch was the main character in Sabrina as the male uh, uh, witch to Sabrina. Pseudonym oh, for the devil. Like that's another name Ooh, for the devil. That's in a general. good point. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, is it real? So if yeah, so if she's into dark magic and she's made a deal with the devil, that could she's, be intriguing. She's an actual witch from like way like I did huh. some research. She's an on her. old witch, right? Like she's an old witch, like with Sa- like yeah, with Salem, like, all that witch very, trials very and all old. that. Yep, ancient times. Hmm. Very. Why very she's a bitter alcoholic now? I love her. <laughs> Five hundred years before Atlantis, at the bottom of the sea. Uh, back then, she had contact with cosmic being Screer. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yeah, it's which yeah. birth by alien. She goes there's way a, back. There's a lot of very interesting directions they could go with this. I'm really hoping that the Catherine Hahn does not end up being like relegated to only this series. Like, I really hope she's not just Agreed. like finished off. And uh, I, I mean, if we follow her. the Marvel formula, that you're only, you aside from Thanos, you only get one movie, so or one <laughs> oh, in this case, Loki. one series. Uh, yeah, you got Loki, so you're right. And he's magic, so you know he's she's got that going for her. I'm just saying we need we need to set up an early recurring villain here. Why not why not the amazing Catherine Hahn who deserves an Emmy? <laughs> yeah, who is just a a darling to watch. Even when she's being bad, I love her. I've always found her to be. I could never remember her name. I always found her to be she, darling in everything I see here. She borders on I find her funny and annoying, and it's it's like a fine line depending on what movie I'm in that day. Like it's either I find her funny, or I'm like, no, her character's just being stupid. So that's in everything I've ever seen her in. So, so I mean, this character just has so much potential in my eyes. Like, yeah, agreed. I'm gonna post a question here. So, we in this latest episode, we see Monica re-enter the the hex mm-hmm. for the third time mm-hmm. with superpowers. With yeah, she becomes gaining, She becomes yeah, she gains superpowers. What did you call her? She becomes Spectrum. Spectrum. Mm-hmm. There's That's a, a there's a, it, she book, can then sorry. evolve again into she's got two names in comic books. I only uh, Spectrum's the one I know well. Yeah, I don't know her other one. Photon. Let me look it up. So, so I mean, clearly we're rewriting people's cells. That's been established. So mm-hmm. this third entrance into has given her superpowers. Who do they come from? Do they come from Wanda or do they come from the other one? Uh, I would think Wanda. I would think Wanda also. Uh, the and the reason for that is as they're analyzing her DNA from the outside, they're seeing Wanda's power like power source, all of the red magic yeah. adjusting the cells in the first place. And so I'm going to say that would be the the key. And if we go to Matt's point and we think about Wanda as the power generator and uh, Agatha's kind of just like the Cypher. the walls directing it where to go, then that's that would go where. And I mean she's the barrier, the, one really the, the barrier itself, which is what seems to be doing most of the work. Uh, Wanda clearly has control over that. So, oh, yeah. and we know that Wanda's powers came from the Mind Stone, and the Mind Stone clearly has abilities to grant superpowers, as is the case done to multiple people multiple times over. So it makes sense that her powers are able to get other people' powers, which goes into a whole other thing about how the blip and the both both snaps from the Infinity Gauntlet are introducing mutants into the MCU connected universe. But that's a different topic for a different day. 
<laughs> Getting off of WandaVision. Just just drop that on the people and walk away from it. <laughs> That's right. Real quick, Monica's also known. It's Photon Spectrum and Pulsar. Those are the three names she has in the comic books. Now I'm done. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so on the other on the flip side of that, what else have you guys been watching here? Uh well I'll jump right in. The finale of 30 coins was last week. Uh and listen, this finale, this finale has everything. There it's got magic. Mm-hmm. It's got blood sacrifices. It's got an evil pope. It's got yeah. a gunfight with a gigantic demon. Uh, it's got MTV's Dan Cortez. <laughs> Dan Cortez? I was not expecting that tonight. No, not Dan Cortez. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, and it confirmed that there, in my mind at least, that there is going to be a second season because they left things just like so wide open. I mean, you had that, uh, you had that thought going in. To the final yeah episode, yeah right? yeah mm-hmm. i guess uh, that's kind of been my thing with that show that i was having trouble getting into the first episode is it i wanted it to i wanted to take it seriously as a horror film and so much of it seemed kind of hokey to me and then you just said gunfight with a demon <laughs> and it's kind of fulfilling my thoughts on this show uh, like no, ridiculously just, good looking mayor and his frigid wife <laughs> live in a town demons are there Babies are bad. Like that was my takeaway from episode one, and I, it sounds like it just escalates from there. It I'm, does I'm kind of with Aaron because I, I still struggled to get through episode one. I still have not finished it. I've turned it off three separate times, and I mean, just, I'm sorry yeah. you have such bad taste. I don't know what to tell oh, you. Matt, we both know that that's not true. Maybe you'd enjoy that Catherine Heigl show on Netflix. I don't know. <gasps> uh, no, we, we both know how I stand on that. Rude. But, but I mean. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could try it again. It's all out there. I mean, it's only an eight episode season. And see, maybe it's like, maybe you get enough of the setup from starting to watch episode one enough that you can just skip it. Like uh, the first season of Parks and Rec. Like just just (laughs) get the characters set up and then skip it. And then (laughs) just so you know who everyone is. And then maybe the storyline will develop better. Yeah. I'm just saying it's good. Y'all need to be watching the show. Mm. Uh, And I read, a, I read that the uh, director of it uh, has a plan for it to be three seasons, so. Okay. And I At always like a when plan. a show has a there's plan. There's a plan. I like plans. <laughs> you sold it a little bit more there, Matt, for me. Tell me there was a plan. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we end this season. Multiple mi- main characters might be dead. We don't know yet. Like... Oh. <laughs> a very yeah. lost of them. People are switching sides. People are... Uh, <laughs> Oh, we got a special got guest a on the podcast. I'm so distracted. <laughs> oh, there is only daddy. There's a baby on the podcast. He is not a happy camper right now. Oh, poor guy. Oh, man. But hopefully this will calm down for a little bit. So what else? I heard the I heard bits and pieces of 30 coins there. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to miss that one. What else have we been watching this week? So I watched uh, the YouTube or not YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube, but that's not it. Um, I watched the <laughs> Netflix movie. Uh, I also or I care a lot. And um, mm. you watched it. Was that prior it to did. or after Matt's recommendation on the Slack channel? Uh, he said that it came out, and then I was like, okay. So I watched the preview of it, and so in my life, I have experience with this exact situation. Uh, being, I used to advocate for people in long-term care, so I know mm. all about what's happening in that movie. Um, so I have two takes well, on it to a point. <laughs> yeah. Not to, not to the point the movie takes it. There's that, but, 
Um, so I have two takes on the movie. One, I thought from a movie perspective, it hit everything I'm looking for. And it is, oh, it's it's so good. I hated um, what's her name's character so much. Rosamund Pikes. Oh yeah. yeah and I, I mean, I just she's wanted an awful her to, person. I wanted her to lose everything. And that's not, that's not I always mean, how it goes, but. So this type of movie. She plays terrible women so she does. She does. Like, I love hating her in movies. I want to meet her in real life. I want to see if it's real. That whole hate the character, not the person. Yeah. Right. And so this movie, it, it does something that's really difficult. And I don't think it does it really well. And that like, nobody in this movie is really a good person. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and it's hard to do something like that when you don't have anyone to like attach onto and root for. Uh, but I, I still really enjoyed this movie. I did That's too. what I was going to say. So there's nobody to root for in this movie is what you're saying. No, well, like, and there are times when you like find yourself rooting for people and then you're like, wait, no, why God, am I wanting you to that person? <laughs> I love Peter Dinklage in it. I think he is so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, he did it too? So good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to watch this. Yeah. And, and so like from a personal perspective, I hated this movie because I've actually dealt with cases like this where family members are taking, or not family members, guardians are taking full advantage of the person that they're in charge of. And so like, it hit me on like a visceral level that way. I was so mad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, from movie perspective, it's totally worth watching. Totally oh, worth yeah. watching. And, and I mean, if you don't come out of this movie a little infuriated, like I, I don't know that you're watching the right movie. Like, <laughs> or like wildly concerned for your parents' end of life plans, because that's how uh, I plan on being. What's, um, what kind of genre would you say this fits into? How would you describe uh, the genre? Thriller action drama? With thriller like a, action with like drama? some very, very black comedy thrown in. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's Peter Dinklage. I would expect that, actually. Same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the basic premise, if you guys don't know, uh, Rosamund Pike, Pike plays a professional uh, caregiver uh, who She's like, a professional takes care guardian. Of, that's, yeah, not a, like, that's a difference than a caregiver. She, she arranges for the care of elderly people who have been deemed unable to care for themselves by the state. Uh, but what she's really doing is like manipulating the system and she has like a doctor in her pocket who is like saying that these people can't take care of themselves even if they can and she's Mm. skimming money off the top and selling all their stuff to pay herself more money and uh, it's all very like legal but very unethical Mm. Uh, uh, she uh, gets notified about this old woman uh, who they think is going to be a super easy mark and I don't want to spoil anything, but she is not a super easy mark. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and so even with that being said, though, you're saying that this that this woman, this older woman who they think is the easy mark is not the person that you can like get behind rooting for. Nope. All the this, time. And she ends up ultimately being a fairly minor character. Yeah, okay, she does. Okay. Uh, there's just a lot more going on than you. I got like halfway into this movie and I'm like, this is not what I thought this movie was going to be. <laughs> yeah, me too, Matt. Me too. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'd seen the preview for that one because I like to, even before we talk about it, sometimes I like to look at like the what's coming up next on Netflix. And I'd set oh, a yeah, reminder okay. for that mm-hmm. one because I was like, this looks dark and intriguing. I, that's pretty much all I watch these days. Dark it's and both intriguing. of those things. It's dark and <laughs> yeah. intriguing. And I mean, it's it's phenomenally acted. Like Rosamund Pike yeah. is, is so good in this type of role. Uh, Peter Dinklage is so good. Uh, Diane Weist, who plays the old woman, she's yeah. one of those actresses that like, you don't know her name, Dang, but she's a character she actor that you know in everything. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 
she's phenomenal. Like it's just a really well done movie all around. Uh, I can't, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Sarah, we at the five out of five is a must watch or like a 4.5 out of five, four, four out of five. Where, where would you give it on the scale there? I'd probably give it like a four out of five. Okay. Yeah, I give, I give it a four out of five as well, just because I, I didn't like it from a personal <laughs> standpoint. Because the content's I've, different. Yeah. I've dealt, yeah. dealt with it personally. So yeah. yeah. Great movie about terrible things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great way to put it. Um, Anything else then, that we've been watching this week? I was watching the, was it Behind Her Eyes? Yes. The new, mm-hmm. um, I read the synopsis. I wasn't sure what to expect. I'm now the majority way of the way through. I've watched all of the first episode and like 90% of the second episode. It is very well acted. It's very um, artistically done. Uh, the general premise is that this um, woman, single mother, uh, divorcee works in a psychiatrist's office as a secretary. Um, they kind of did a Meredith Derek Shepard situation where she met a guy randomly at a bar. They didn't exchange names. Um, they didn't actually ha- like start an affair per se. Like nothing happened. Um, but they basically had an anonymous date with each other. And then the next morning she came to work and found out he's the new psychiatrist at the psychiatrist's office she works for. And she's his, his secretary. Like he's replacing the person she works directly for. So where this becomes dark, twisty, and weird is that um, everyone, I mean, everyone has some kind of serious mental problem. (laughs) So like um, the psychiatrist's wife has been in mental institutions. You see some flashbacks back with her. Um, You know, the psychiatrist himself he's not necessarily using alcohol responsibly but his um specialty is addiction related issues Hmm, um there's something going on with pill popping that's sort of alluded to but you haven't gotten the full story yet Mm -hmm. and the um single mother has like night terrors that are very dark um and so obviously there's some trauma there and so the uh the big reveal without being too much of a spoiler you learn that the uh, wife's family died in a fire and the big reveal in the second episode is that the husband is the one who saved her from the fire and they've been together since they were in high school so they've been married for 10 years but they're young professionals like they are only maybe 30 um so it's kind of like this is the only figure she's known from a romantic standpoint mm-hmm. everyone is very messed up like I, that's the one thing like they just kind of like keep peeling back these layers that just keep reminding me how much you don't have any idea what someone's story is, where they come from or what they're dealing with in their personal life. Because like the things that these people do when they're alone or behind closed doors is really dark. Um, so. Which hopefully not like, everybody like normally is like that, but yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean <laughs> no, like it's just one are. of those things where like you, it's really, like you never can tell. Yeah. Um, and so you've got the secretary, you've got the psychiatrist and then you've got the wife and the wife starts up a secret friendship with the secretary and they know who each other is. So like they bump into each other on the street to be determined if it was planned or not. And so then the wife and the secretary start up a friendship and everyone knows who everyone is, but the husband does not know that they are being friends or becoming friends. And that's where I'm at now. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm assuming at some point there is going to be an actual affair. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it's definitely leading that way. Um, they may already be an emotional one. Um, sure. but yeah, it's, I would definitely, it's a slightly slower burn. It's very British at the beginning. 
Um, very British. Very British, <laughs> but it is compelling is the word I would use. Like it's one of those things where like I am eager to go back and keep watching it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I watched the trailer and I, I it was very like, ooh, this is dark and stylish. I think I'm going to enjoy this. Like, it's kind of reminding me of Bly Manor Hill House as far as how they're handling the flashbacks. It's like you're getting okay. very important okay. information. You just don't know why it's important yet. Mm. Um, but it's definitely That's a strong another comparison thing. to make. Well, it's another thing in a long list of things that Netflix has been doing from their, for themselves that I'm finding to be just as good, if not better, than other yeah. um on that note, I don't know if services. it's just me, but it does seem like the overall quality of Netflix original stuff is is increasing. Very actually. good. <laughs> like, I think for Netflix... a long time they were putting out like there would be something good and then like five pieces of total crap. Right. Uh, and it seems like the ratio is improving a little bit as time has been going on here. Yeah. Or it would be like a knockoff of a movie, a mainstream movie, like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Truth or Dare and then the other Truth or Dare. And like mm-hmm. one of them is, neither of them are great, but one of them is truly terrible. Like... Mm-hmm. But I think part of that is like to the idea of there's some like I think Netflix has been very good at anticipating what's going to happen in the market. And so I think they yeah. saw that all of these other streaming platforms were going to copy them, obviously, because they were having such great success success. And so they spent like the first few years just pumping out as much content as they could to make sure they had a library of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now that they have a library and they now they have some contracts, especially that are coming to a close, they've got extra cash freeing up to not only spend on more quality stuff but they're realizing that it's just as important to have that if they want to hope to keep their subscriber count up probably i'm just hoping they stop killing off all their good stuff after three seasons honestly (laughs) well eventually i think they'll figure out that they can continue some of them on i'm sure i'm sure and they or they'll do the same thing that every other network does and just keep beating a dead horse (laughs) so you know it is what it is stranger things is one of the exceptions they're going past three seasons baby yeah. I mean, and, they've already confirmed they're going past three seasons. Yeah, so. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> do, you think, do you think they saw that one being as big of a hit as it is? No. Uh, I, I mean, once season <laughs> one hit, I, they knew what they had. Oh, they, yeah. Yeah. Like, season one was I don't think phenomenal. going into season one, they knew what they had. Yeah, By I the think end correct. Of season one, I think they, they probably thought it was going to be a hit. I don't think they imagined it was going to be quite as big as it got. That's Especially since it's cult following. It's sci-fi and horror, which are historically not two of your major genres. They get a big mm-hmm. like right. I think viral following. So I think it I think it gets a viral following because it's not as like when you think of sci-fi and horror, you think extreme over the tops, right? Usually. Mm-hmm. This doesn't go that far. Like you get just mm-hmm. enough to build like be like on the edge of your seat, but never enough yeah. to to scare you out of your pants. Like I don't know, I don't man. Know. I had nightmares. Season well, and, well, I think it's I think it's because it's not in our minds. It's not as realistic. Like we can't imagine it actually happening. Whereas yeah. some of the other stuff, you're like that could happen. <laughs> Demigorgons are in alternate dimensions like that are less believable than you say ghosts, well, for I example. Mean, you know, <laughs> I don't watch those. It's it in, in, with the ghost movies. It's more about the jump scares, right? That's what they're going for. Yeah, it's the number one reason I hate Sinister. It was good the first time I watched it. After that, it was terrible because all it is is jump scares. But they're really good mm. jump scares. They are really good <laughs> jump scares. The first time you watch it, you're going to pee your pants, yep. probably. Yeah. Cool. Good note. Uh, but, uh, Speaking of things that aren't horror or sci-fi, I watched, watch a new, this week? I watched a new show this week. What? I what? know. It's on Netflix, too. So I watched something this week, but I don't even remember what it was, and so apparently it wasn't very good. Shout out to Netflix <laughs> on some more content. Uh, so this is a uh, new to the new to the platform 
as of 2021. I don't know exactly when they released it, but it's in the top 10 right now. It's The Crew. Uh, it's a oh yeah, it was a comedy comedy starring Kevin James, and it yeah involves oh, it's a, about a pit crew, uh, yeah, in NASCAR racing, right? crew, yeah, and his team, and some new changes when the boss steps in. It's actually very funny, and it's one of the lighthearted sitcom style comedies that you would see. You would think that would be oh, I could see that being on primetime TV. Eighty four percent of Google users like this TV show. Like there's Thank there's you, not Thank like you, it doesn't Aaron. it gives you just enough <laughs> it gives you just enough NASCAR to be like oh that's cool but not it doesn't drown you in NASCAR nostalgia like if you know some of the people you're like oh that's cool I know who that is but other than that like it's all about the team and the relationships and the changes and how they react to the changes that are being made by the new boss so, and it's all a comedy which makes and it it's all a comedy which makes it better. Uh, so speaking of, this is tangentially related to Kevin James. Uh, so thanks for that segue, Adam. Uh, there's a new show coming out this week that I'm really excited for. Uh, it's called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it stars uh, Annie Murphy, who is uh, Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Uh, and she National is Trevor. essentially, like, they're essentially doing a parody of, like, the sitcom wife trope, where she's, like, the doting wife who does whatever her husband asks and whatnot. Uh, but it's like examining like her like mental breakdown essentially uh, as she can't cope with these expectations. Oh, she's gonna it be looks, amazing! In it that. looks like, really interesting. That sounds interesting. It also sounds funny. I think it's still gonna be dark humor, but she. Oh, I think it's gonna be. She very is dark a very humor. comical character, so I think that we might be able to get the the good dark humor without the uh, the overt realness seeping in too much. See- but yeah, See, if no, you guys thought, haven't heard about this show, you should check it out because it looks well, really good. When I gave you the say, when you t- said I gave you a perfect segue, I thought it actually related to Kevin James, but it well, doesn't. The show is <laughs> it's, just Kevin. it's just Kevin. No, because okay. the show it's is a parody, parody of, of Kevin can wait. Uh, the show is a parody of the one sitcom that he was on. Kevin uh, can wait. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. like it's directly parodying that show. Okay, that's. Oh. It needs to include Kevin James, otherwise it doesn't count. <laughs> Maybe he'll make a cameo. He's that would busy. be awesome. That would he be funny. It must be hard to be one of the, the funny people in Hollywood that they just keep pulling into everything. Forgive well, I mean, me, super right. fans of Kevin James, but he's been off the radar for a hot minute, hasn't he? Ever he since Paul have, Blart yeah. 2. <laughs> well, he was, Maybe that was the reason why. He's been, he's been in a bunch of Adam Sandler films too, but that doesn't put you on the radar very much. I mean, everyone's <laughs> no. in every Adam Sandler film. I, just Adam, like I have Adam a cameo there. somewhere. Adam Sandler is the the best friend from high school who just keeps making movies and he keeps asking his friends if they want to do it with him. He, they're all yeah. like, oh, yeah. sure, and, why not? And he's got a Netflix like exclusive agreement. Confused. He's like, oh. you guys can make a couple million dollars. We get to go act like jackasses for a little while. What, where's the downside? I mean, we are talking about who voluntarily wears only basketball shorts and oversized t-shirts every single day of his life, no matter where he is or what he's doing. And, and on another tangential note to that, anybody else see the video that him and Shooter McGavin put out for the 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore? No. Two, two videos on Facebook went viral. Happy react, or Adam Sandler re, uh, recreated his Happy Gilmore drive. And then uh, the actor who I plays Shooter, that. whose name I don't know, uh, went and sank a putt in his living room into a, into a glass cup. So it was pretty funny. Thanks. They were, both, they were both pretty funny, good sports about the whole thing. It was for McDonald's. Thank That's you. That's the actor's name. I was gonna say I have no idea who that is still, and then I figured <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> but so what's on the uh, things we didn't ask for list today? 
So yeah, I'll wrap us up on the things we didn't ask for. Uh, mm-hmm. on, the, on the other news, there's all sorts of things. I'm going to give you the quick rundown. Constantine is getting a reboot. Uh, nobody cares. I, my knowledge without Keanu Reeves, that's not the nobody asked for. Two trailers dropped this week. Both of them look great. One for Cruella, Disney Plus. Yes. Disney. Yep. Looks yes. amazing. Emma Stone's a fantastic. And the I second one, for that one. I just want to say something really quick. I'm glad that they're not, it doesn't look like they're going the like anti-hero route with her in that movie. Because no. how do you make Cruella a morally gray character? Right. Like, she wants to kill people. Literally to kill I can't wait. Are, they, are they going the plus route with that film? I believe so. I might have to no, that one. I must say no indication yet. Yeah. Just I think ch- it said Disney Plus, but I don't think it, it did said say Disney the, Plus, but it didn't say like exclusive the, or not. Oh, yeah, it did not say. The, the paid for, the add-on. So I'd pay for it. The, I would, at this point, I might, I might I mean, give it the nineteen ninety nine. but exactly. I, was like, I love Emma Stone and I love a sassy evil villain. And um, also like in the preview, the fashion is amazing. So like. Yeah, the, the original trailer that they dropped for that film was quite impressive to begin with. So. Yes. And for the second trailer though, that came up this week that you don't have to pay for because if you already have the service, HBO Max dropped their Mortal Kombat trailer. And oh, for a video amazing. game movie, it's a video game movie, so my yeah. bar is extremely low, but it looks awesome. Like, well, it I mean, looks like it's going to be action-packed. So, like, I love 19, the original. I was going to say, the 1980s, 90s Mortal Kombat was actually pretty good, too. So, like, I mean, some of the CG is a little video sketch. Game movie. Listen, yeah. I, well, I yeah. feel like it shouldn't be hard to make a good Mortal Kombat movie. No. You just take a bunch of people, give them powers, and make them fight each other. Right. right? It's like it's, it's like, like a Marvel fight scene, Kong. but an entire movie. Like, yeah, I'm except hoping... not as much CG. I mean, I'm I think really there's gonna be just Kung as much CG. <laughs> Based on the trailer, what I saw, because I saw the Red Band trailer, I'm pretty sure this is what the PG-13 version was in the '90s should have been. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, if you look at the the games themselves, they're I mean, oh, they're the entire point of the Mortal Kombat is the fatalities, right? Yeah, yes, <laughs> like brutal murders. What I was part really of this human can you rip off with of your bare hands? Exactly. <laughs> it gave me a little bit of joy to see that in the trailer for sure. Did you guys shout the word at the end? Because I did. Or the word Mortal at the end. I was like, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. No. no, I did I not. did. I did I it did in not. my living room. <laughs> uh, on the same side, in terms of the comic, going back to the comic book realm, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has its rating finally confirmed. It is, I believe, TV 13. Not mm-hmm. as mature as what some people were thinking it was going to be. But, I mean, just about as mature as I was expecting from Disney. Yeah, Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. A new CW show continuing that mm. universe uh, is actually universe. getting amazing reviews. Meh. Zero interest. I have zero interest also. I believe my exact also. words were Dean Kane called it's already been done. Like, <laughs> let's see Lois, like Lois Lane and Clark Kent as regular humans most of the time. I'm already bored. Yes. Like, I read the premise. It's like, well, they're parents. And I'm like, oh. Listen, Superman is just such <laughs> a hard character. He just character. stops being Superman to be a dad. I've got, I don't care. <laughs> Superman is just such a hard character to do right. And I don't trust the CW to do it right. <laughs> no, no. And but that's from someone who loves the CW. <laughs> well, it's also part of the Arrowverse though, which I think most yes. of the stuff they've done with the Arrowverse has been very well done. Also case in point, I had zero interest or care about learning about the Green Arrow before uh, I started watching Arrow. Uh, he's the best show in the Arrowverse. I mean, I mean I yeah, I, that would make sense. I've got a correction. The Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier has received the equivalent of an R rating. It's it's TV it's, fourteen. It's no, not it's R. sixteen. TV sixteen today. It's TV. They're comparing it to WandaVision, which is TV fourteen. Compa- all right, so we'll get back to y'all next week on the official rating. There, we have some internal debate to be doing. 
And then lastly, as we wrap up this episode, things nobody asked for Maybe it's coming overseas. to you from the mind of Tim Burton. Wednesday Adams is getting her live own action series. Yes. A live action Wednesday Adams show. I'm sorry. Who asked for it? Like, I mean, I'm for real. moderately intrigued by the fact that Tim Burton's Tim doing Burton. it. Yes. It's the only uh, reason I'm even remotely intrigued, but I feel like it, it, getting rid of the rest of the Adams family, like you're losing most of the appeal. Like, like Morticia I want to see Morticia and Gomez. Right. <laughs> and also, so I read a little bit of the synopsis on it that you sent out and it was like, oh, well it's Wednesday and she's got powers and she's having a coming of age problems at school. So away it's got Harry day. Potter. Right. I'm like, oh, so it's every other teen drama I've ever seen ever, except this one's written by Tim Burton. <laughs> the music will probably be wonderful um the soundtrack but yeah I just yeah. this one I'm cautiously optimistic and that I've always enjoyed that character and I think that if they can get the right casting and the right writing it might be worth watching yeah I mean I'll give it but a it's, chance there's a lot of variables this early out and as a, just a general idea I'm not like you know I'm not like Cruella about it I'm chomping at the bit for Cruella yeah, I Adam didn't actually clarified. know. I didn't know it was even a thing. I thought Adam's family was kind of done, and then all of a sudden you sent the thing out, and I'm like, oh, well, the Adam's family just had a movie like a year ago. Yeah, I know, also, but like it wasn't huge or anything. My the life, poster is animated. That was my biggest take. Like my biggest shock of this news was that it was going to be live action when the the poster looks like a general Tim Burton animated. Probably because they haven't actually cast anyone yet, so they could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could do a lot with suggestion. But Without making you, a cartoon if you're trying character. to get trying to hype up Tim Burton, his animation mm. is his thing. So right. Which again know. begs the question: Why are we doing it live action then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm intrigued. That is the I mean, best question. Is it is it live action like Lion King live action? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, live let's, be action. On, let's be honest. There, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we called something live action without it being live action. So that's true. Very uh, true. Significant very do do have I'll to give issue, it a couple episodes. Yeah. Do have to issue the correction. It is 14 plus for Winter Soldier and Falcon. Thank you. Uh, 16 plus is the European rating. Which might be more concerning because realistically, if they're afraid, like they let people drink at 14 over there. Do they think they get one? Language yeah, and you... cor- <laughs> violence and coarse language. I was going to say, it's the violence that gets yeah. Europe. You oh, punch somebody okay. and you got a high rating. <laughs> Over got here, it. you shoot somebody say... and it's PG-13. Exactly. Maybe. You can kill as many people as you want, but don't you dare show a nipple. And you or can't show the F word. You can only say one F word. One F word. <laughs> and, and so we want to thank you for listening to our fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, you haven't, if you haven't already, make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, subscribe prepared. to us. We're on all of the major podcast platforms we appreciate all of your support and until next time enjoy your streaming